0: Encouraging? Remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, who do you need to encourage? That I was, I was a little um, noteworthy sermon, you know. Uh, who do you need to encourage? God has great things in store for you. So you take encouragement from that. And then what need do you have that God will get honor from accomplishing in your life? What need you have? that God will receive the honor from, accomplishing in your life. You see, it's important that we look at our relationship with Jesus Christ in a way that it's not just about me, but it's about how the God is working in and through my life to release the potential that's inside of us. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30... It says, those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now we've been speaking about this for the last three weeks. This is the third week. And the idea of honor is the idea of valuing, of recognizing as precious, as weighty, such as gold or something, having great value in our lives. And, um, we saw how that gone through the last couple of weeks about like uh, the, the city of Nazareth, the town of Nazareth. When Jesus went there to perform miracles and to minister to those individuals, they dishonored him because they said, what? Isn't this Jesus, the carpenter's son? They gave him no honor. They gave him no place. And what his words, his words that he delivered to them they kind of thought, like, what's this? And, it, and that type of response, Jesus couldn't bring any good to their life. God, Jesus couldn't do the miracles or what needed to be accomplished in, their, in the village, in the community, because of the way they approached Jesus. Who was this? It was a dishonor. Then we spoke about the centurion. The centurion is a Roman soldier, And uh, there were 6,000 in a legion, and there were 60 centurions, and one centurion was over a hundred men. And this centurion came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, well, I will come and heal him. And the centurion says, no, no, you don't need to come, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And in that setting, we saw how that the centurion had, a, had an understanding of what authority was. And he, he specifically stated, I know that God has given you power, authority over this sickness. And if you say the word, my servant will be okay. And this, this centurion was honoring Jesus. He gave high esteem to what Jesus would say and so much so that he said, "You don't even need to come to my house. Just say the word, and my servant as well." And then the third story that we've uh, spoken about is the Greek woman, uh, the Syrophoenician. Am I on? Uh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Sounds like. Never mind. So the ph- the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus for help, and this was our story last week, <laughs> where kept coming around and getting in front of me, you know. And and but anyhow, the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus and she wanted her daughter to be delivered from her illness and from uh, her um, demon possession. And when she came there, she kept, as it were, and this is a, this is a very strange situation because Jesus basically calls her a dog, you know. It's like, She's just kind of running around, staying in front of him, and Jesus is there. And, you know, this is one of those situations where it's like, why would he do this? Why would he call this? Because uh, here, here he says to her, we have to, I have to take care of my disciples, basically. I have to take care of them and teach them, and uh, I don't have time to feed the little dogs. It's almost like the, it means like a little house pet running around. And the, and the lady doesn't become offended. She doesn't... Um, walk away upset, she just she honors Jesus, and she says to him, well, even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs from the table. (laughs) And Jesus said, because of your faith, because of what you have said, go, and your your prayer is answered. And we, we look at these situations, and we see them, and we see how that God was able to, how the Jesus was able to look at these people and pick up see the honor in what they were doing and how they were approaching him. Now, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. She knew who Jesus was and persistently honored him by not giving up, by not reveling in uh, the apparent rejection, and not quitting. So, she received a full reward for just keeping on. So as you look at the Gospels, you find others, and you find other situations that were able to uh, that portray this idea of honor, and each of them in its own, own perception. Now, when we think of our own lives, which of the people, which are the people that we find ourselves involved with, which are the situations that we find ourselves doing and which of the days of the week and and so on do do we find ourselves honoring God or even thinking of God? When do we stop to see Jesus in each of these daily activities? When do we stop to see Jesus being part of our life? Do we, do we honor him as being there, or do we just assume that he is there? Do we pay attention that God is with us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us? Or do we just kind of go on and, you know, the spare tire religion? You know, you don't think of your spare tire unless you got a flat. <laughs> so when do we think of Jesus? Well, when something goes wrong. And then we want to know, <laughs> did some people blame him for it going wrong anyhow. So it's like, what kind of a religion or relationship is that? So do we see Jesus in each of our relationships? Is, the, is he there? And these are the challenges that we have to look at. And how do we see it? And, and I was been very much challenged by, um, a couple of weeks ago, we started out by uh, having uh, the girls come up. And um, they were the cheering squad. And we had Janet uh, be the coach and asked, asked the, the, the girls, well, here's Janet, she's a mother. How much do you believe what she tells you? If Janet says, you're going to be a good squad, do you believe her? And the, the idea was, well, she's just a mom trying to encourage us. And then I said, well, what if she's a mom and she's a coach? And she says, you're going to be a good squad. Well, how good of a coach is she? Is she really that good? Or what if she is mom, she's a coach, and she's a nationally recognized cheering coach, and she's going to be your coach? Then what happens when she says you're going to be a good squad? So, and the idea is that the squad has to believe in the coach in order for the coach to be able to do the work with the squad, right? Did you ever think of your faith is that that same way? That God believes in us, but we have to accept his word so that he can do his word in our life. Is that confusing? Um, who would like to come up and I'll, no, <laughs> I'll straighten that out. No, but you think about that. So God calls us and he speaks to our hearts and our lives. And, 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 he, and he wants us to hear his words, like forgiveness, all right? We'll start with forgiveness, because nothing is valid unless we understand forgiveness. Because if we don't have a relationship, we can't understand the rest of it. <laughs> so the relationship begins with, God calls each of us. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We did this on Wednesday night. Right, Jose? <laughs> We've all sinned and come short of the glory. Everybody has sinned. Everybody's done something wrong. So God says that, all right? God says we've all sinned. Now, do we honor His word? Honoring His word is saying, well, yeah, we've all sinned. We've all done something wrong. But He also says if we confess our sins, He will forgive us. Now, this is where the honor begins to, the understanding begins to make application. God has called us. He gives us His word. Do we accept it? If we accept his word, then God forgives. And whenever we are forgiven, our sins, the the failures of our life, God removes them from us. Then, when that sin is removed, the, the effects of his word can be even greater in our lives and he can do more for us. Okay, The village of Nazareth. Here's the village of Nazareth. Jesus shows up. He comes to the village and says, and he reads to them from the prophet Isaiah and tells them this day the scripture is fulfilled, that the Messiah is with you. Jesus says that to the village of Nazareth. The village of Nazareth says, what? You're just a carpenter's son. Who do you think you are? They dishonored him and everything Jesus wanted to do in their life was stopped. It was stopped because they couldn't get beyond their belief or their dishonor of who Jesus was. And in our life, we find ourselves in those same situations that we hear the word of God. I'm challenged by this. I'm challenged by it all the time with attitude, perspective, um, hope. Do I lose hope when things don't go right? Right? Do I, do I believe God's word? Do I honor God's word in my life when things don't work out? And if I honor God's word in my life, well, I am allowing God to work in me. But if I don't honor it, I'm like stopping God from doing his best in me. And I, I don't know, this is kind of, I mean, I've been in the church and I'm almost 60 years old. <laughs> I'm, I'm, six, I'm past 60, Rhonda says. <clears throat> in case any of you were counting. In case you wanted to know the exact truth, I'll be 61 in October. But, uh, so the idea is that I hinder God working in my life because I don't always honor His Word to the extent I need to. Here's another uh, scripture I want to read. Um, In James chapter... In James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, Jesus teaches us that there's a difference between a wise man and a foolish man. Okay, And the the difference between a wise man and a foolish man is his response to what he already knows. The difference between a wise man and a foolish man is his response to what he already knows. A wise man follows up on what he hears, while a foolish man does nothing. Okay, James one22 to twenty five. But prove yourself doers of the word and not mere hearers only. Uh, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and he's gone away. He has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become forgetful, uh, a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does. The challenge is here: is, is we all, do not forget that God is involved in our life, that God is going to bless us with what we do. A few weeks ago, we said to be encouragers, okay? Do you know why many people are not encouragers? Because they don't believe in themselves, and they don't really believe in what they're saying. When you offer encouragement, do you really believe it? Do you really see something good in someone and you say to them, you know, that's a good job? Well, it's not perfect, but so what? Who is perfect? The challenge is, if you see, if we leave a compliment left unsaid, it's a wasted thought. A compliment left unsaid is a wasted thought. Why can't we be the most complimentary people? Why can't we compliment ourselves and compliment others? Well, we don't want to be big-headed or we don't want to appear to be... Forget that stuff. Compliment. The idea is things grow out of compliments. That people feel good about compliments. And I want to read on here. It says, For 30 days, treat every person you meet as the most important person on earth you will find that they will begin treating you in the same way. For 30 days, and that's why I want you, I'm going to keep bringing this up about complimenting, okay? Encouraging. For 30 days, treat every person you meet as the most important person on earth. Okay? Then what's next? You will find that they will begin treating you in the same way. you will find that they will begin to treat you. Do you ever feel like you're not important? Do you ever feel like what you do is not that valuable? Well, then put start placing value on other people and upon what they do. Think of it this way. Nazareth, Jesus. Nazareth says, you're just a carpenter's son. Jesus had come to tell them, he is the son of God. And they say, you're just a carpenter's son. He couldn't do things for them because they they continually shut him down by disbelief and dishonor. So what happens in our life when we begin to honor people, when we begin to honor others and, and, and bring out the specialness, the uniqueness of who they are as an individual? Are you going to lie? No. You're going to pick out the qualities that you see that are good. And you're going to accentuate them. Now, you will find that when you begin treating others, they will begin to treat you in the same way you begin to treat them. One guy, one story was, a guy came to the city, he came to this, uh, he came to Wimber. This is a story. I'm just making this up, okay? This isn't an actual event. (laughs) This is... There's this guy who came to Wimber, and uh, an older gentleman greets him, and uh, he, came from, he came from New York City. Okay? He comes to Wimber, and he says, well, what are the people in Wimber like? And uh, the, the wise uh, gentleman says, well, what was the people like where you came from? oh, New York, they're so unpersonal people. You don't know your neighbor. You don't know who they are. You know, you got to watch out for the crooks everywhere. And you, got, you just got to beware of, you know, where you, where you park and what you do. And, you know, you just can't trust anybody. And, and, the, and the wise guy from Wimber, the wise guy from Wimber, the wise gentleman from Wimber says, well, you know, they're kind of like that around here too. Then he met the, another guy. He came from, Forest Hills. There we go. He came from Forest Hills. And, and he was moving into Wimber. And he says, the guy says, what kind of people are in, in, in Wimber? And the guy says, well, what kind of Wimber people are in Forest Hills? He says, oh, people in Forest Hills, they're really good. You know, your neighbors are friendly. The people around you are friendly. You know, you just have lots. You can leave your, you know, you can, you know, it's just great having people around. And they're just the kindest people. You know, what kind of people are in Wimber? And the old gentleman says, you know, They're the same kind of people here. (laughs) Well, was the gentleman, the old wise gentleman, lying? Or was he just kind of pointing out, your attitude determines the people around you. (laughs) What you bring with you is what you will receive here. Now, you will find that they will begin treating you the same way. How does that work, how does that world look to you? How does that world look at you? Exactly how you look at the world. You see, you will find that they will begin treating you the same way that you're treating them. And how does that world look at you? Exactly the way you look at the world. If you look at the world a certain way, that there are crooks and robbers and you know whatever you're going you know they're going to look kind of have that same perspective do something positive for someone else regularly no one is useless in this world who lightens and b- lightens the burdens of the others around them so you see as you look at your world and you begin to live that world you will find that people see you in that same light they see you in the same light that you are giving to them. First Samuel 2.30 says, Those who honor me I will honor. Those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You see, the context of this verse is, Eli the high priest um, had two sons. And his sons, <laughs> say the least, they were very crooked. <laughs> they were... They were were priests of the time representing God to the people, but they did a very poor job. And Eli also was over the uh, the priests who were serving. So not only his sons, but also other priests. And Eli was, um, was not doing a good job. In fact, he was guilty of honoring his sons above God by letting them continue in their sinful ways. And he didn't tried to correct them. He didn't try to bring them back and you know, point them in the right direction. He just left them go. And that dishonored God. And it dishonored the religious system. And it began to present people a wrong image of God. So, the question for our lives is, is there a relationship? Is there a situation? Are there days... Are there events in our life? Is there work that you and people at work in the work that we do? Do we allow to continue, even though you do continue to do things even though you know that they are wrong? Do you allow it in your life? If we do, we're like Eli, that he allowed his sons and those under his leadership to continue to continue in their wrong behavior, continue in their wrong action. And God declares to Eli, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be disdained. So God's telling Eli, you haven't honored me. So therefore, you have cut yourself off from what I want to do in your life. And what I wanted to do through you and what I wanted to do through your children you're, you've prevented me from doing that. So honor is an essential key to receiving from God. Um, 1 Samuel 2.35 says, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. So he's telling Eli, I'm, gonna have to, I'm going to have to, you know, disdain is the word disdain? I, I'm going to have to separate myself from you, Eli, because you haven't honored me. And so those who do honor me, I will set up and bless them. Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people will riot. And while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wage and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. "Leave her alone," Jesus said. "Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them, um, and you can help them anytime you want. but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done will be told. Her desire was to honor Jesus. But this outpouring of anointing oil upon Jesus positioned her to be honored by him. Her desire was to honor Jesus. And what she did positioned her to be honored. (laughs) She wanted to do something for Jesus. And she did. And what that hap- what happened was she positioned herself to allow God to honor her and, you know and this is, this is the kind of the, the hard part. God wants to do things in our lives. God wants to honor us god wants God is blessed by doing god. god wants to do good things in our life. But how can He do something in us when we have no desire to honor Him? When we have no desire to give God credit, when we have no desire to, to bless Him and to, to recognize His Word, we stop God from honoring us. We stop God from blessing us, just like this, the town of Nazareth. And I, and I look at myself and I say, how many times have I been like the people of Nazareth? That I have not really saw how God, I could have honored God in, all, in, in, in some things. And how did I stop God from blessing my life? And the challenge is that we would have enough faith to hear God speak to us His word. Like forgiveness. God wants to forgive us so that we can become the person he created us for that God had in mind whenever he created us in our mother's womb that that person God wants to bless and he put all that good stuff in the seeds of greatness and the seeds of potential and the seeds uh, of who we can become and he wants to water that and grow that and make that person flourish. All we have to do is honor his word. And when we do, he unleashes that in our life and blesses us. How much faith does it take? Sometimes just enough faith to stick around and keep asking. How much, what do I have to do to honor is paying attention to his word and allowing his word to touch our life. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, Those who honor me I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained, and disdained has the idea that someone is unworthy of consideration or respect. Those who disdain God, as it were, place themselves in a position where God can't bless them. And that's not what we want in our lives. We want to be in a place where God's blessing can be part of us. Jesus was dishonored by the people of of Nazareth, and they lost out. And Jesus never rebuked those who honored him, but he praised them for recognizing him as one worthy. Jesus is worthy of our honor, our our. <coughs> he is worthy of the praise and honor that we give to him, and whenever we allow His word to touch our lives, it brings good into our lives. You know, some people say um, they they you know we have these flowers around our house and and they're they they're blooming. You know they're they're really grown. You know. And If you just saw them when they started, they were just them little plugs or pots, you know, and stick them in and whatever. Now they're big and blown, you know, full blown and blooming and everything. And people say, "How'd you get that?" Miracle Grow. <laughs> Miracle Grow. Miracle Grow says, "Put it on once a week." I watered him every day with Miracle Grow. I watered him every day with Miracle Grow. Why? Because I know there's not enough fertilizer in there to burn them out, so I just keep pouring it on, you know? And now they're just blooming and they're all over the place, and they look, like, wow, what a, what a great green thumb you got. I got a green thumb, it's miracle Grow, And I didn't listen to them, I just kept pouring it on. And sometimes whenever the pot gets down to the bottom, you know, that stuff, I take it out and dump it on there, you know? Then I water it down a little bit, you know? And our our baskets that we have in front of the garage door, they're just all over the place. You know, it's like, whoa, where'd you get those big baskets? Miracle Grow. It's a miracle; they grow. (laughs) I just dump all that stuff on there. What is God? He wants to do in our life? Miracle Grow allow God to bless you and pour. You see, if I don't put the, I put the plants in, but if I don't water them, put miracle Grow on, they just kind of die out. But when I apply the miracle Grow, it's like allowing them to develop to their full potential. And sometimes I look at our lives, and that's why sometimes you need to be an encourager, you need to be God's voice speaking to other people to be an encourager to them. Because sometimes people just need to hear something good. And you can be that person that says it to them. But what happens is, that becomes something that comes back to you. It comes back to you. And then we give it and it comes back to us. And we give it and it comes back to us. Honor God, His word. Okay? Don't be Nazareth be the be the centurion that honored God's word and it came back into his life we're opening ourselves up for God's blessing say